We are dedicated to spreading the good news of Jesus Christ through all available means with a sole focus of teaching the word, making it plain, sharing it with love. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I am a believer. I'm not a doubter. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only. I'm not beneath. I'm blessed and cannot be cursed. I shall live and not die and declare the salvation of the Lord. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. My life is getting better after I've heard and done the word of God. Amen. Amen. So this morning we have Brother Nosa Obede who's going to come to us with the word of God and open your hearts and your minds and be blessed. Amen. Brother Nosa. Thank you, Sister Patricia. Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well. This morning we will be discussing accounting for your own. Um, if you're unable to uh, keep yourself or hold yourself accountable for uh, the things that you do, uh, you might just be holding yourself back. Uh, that scripture, uh, the scriptures we'll be looking at will be Romans 14 and 12 and 1 John 1, 9. Amen, amen. Good morning, Faith Temple. I'll be reading the scriptures on this morning. The first scripture comes from Romans 14 and 12, and this is the easy-to-read version. And it says, so each of us will have to explain to God about the things we do. And the second scripture comes from 1 John 1 and 9. And it says, but if we confess our sins, God will forgive us. We can trust God to do this. He always does what is right. He will make us clean from all the wrong things we have done. May God add a blessing to the hearers, doers, and readers of his word. Amen. Thank you, Sister April. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you so much for allowing breath into our bodies, allowing us to wake up and see our loved ones and speak to our loved ones. Lord, thank you so much uh, for saving us, carrying us through things that we've seen, that we've done uh, this past day, this past week, uh, throughout our lifetime. Lord, uh, you have us here uh, in this moment to gain something more to carry on. Lord, thank you so much for loving on us uh, in spite of uh, our iniquities, in spite of uh, how unfair we can be to others, uh, for showing us more than just that, showing us grace and showing us mercy. Lord, thank you so much for um, protecting us and covering us, uh, protecting us from um, things that we don't see and that we don't know, protecting us from ourselves. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for allowing us to be here this morning to learn more about you, uh, to be closer to you. In your name we pray, amen. So good morning, everyone. This morning we will be talking about accounting for your own. Um, a constant theme a constant thing that we we learn and we're taught about uh, as Christians 
um, is growth. We're constantly talking about growth, constantly talking about um, building ourselves up so that we are uh, worthy, building ourselves up so that we can um, only just get close to leveling up to, to where we need to be for God. Um, we should always be working on ourselves. Though we are saved, we should always work towards becoming um, better versions of ourselves. Though God loves us for who we are, we should always be working to battle the, the darkest parts of our flesh. The key word is going to be growth. The key word is improvement. Um, there's always something that can be done. We've never arrived. There's no perfect human being alive today. There's, no, there's nobody who is perfect. We all are sinners. And we all have to work to get better. But you see, today's talking about looking inward. Today's talking about not your 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 brother, not talking about your sister, not talking about the person you, you may have seen this morning. It's talking about just you. It's talking about accountability. So growth is handicapped without accountability. That's what I want you guys to take away from this message. Growth is handicapped without accountability. See, when we fail to own what we've done, good and bad, and if we fail to adjust for it, we can create larger hurdles for ourselves. Ignoring something that doesn't make it, it just doesn't make it go away. If, if something happens and we pretend like it, it, it never occurred, it doesn't remove that from existence, right? We all know that. It's simple. But that's the same thing when it comes to introspection. When we talk about things that uh, we know of ourselves. In fact, if you think about it, a lot of times ignoring something that's there can make it get worse, right? When we have an issue, especially when it's by our own hands, and we pretend that it doesn't exist, or that it's, it's not our fault, who's going to remove that for us? Who's going to uh, clean something up that they can't see? It's only for us to see of ourselves. Who's going to hold us accountable? Now, if we don't, we find a stall. We get stalled. We get held up. We can look every other which way. We can look, look at something else to work on or to get better at. But by ignoring that one factor, we're holding ourselves back. So I want to kind of point something out. So right now it's Olympics season. And I know we get tied up watching the competitions and stuff like that. I know personally for me, I'm a I'm really big into watching the, the track events when I do watch it. And when you think about these events, we think about of course, we have crowd favorites. We have people we expect to to win it all, to take the cake. We have people who who uh, either we're fans of, or we just we just know that they're gonna dominate. But if you really think about it, and you think about the, that world stage, you think about everybody who's competing at that level. Every single one of those people, they're all beasts. 
in their own right, they're all beasts. They may get whooped <laughs> by the number one spot. They may get demolished. But you think about every single person, all of those people are worthy to be competing at that stage. These are high-level athletes, right? If you, The statistics say that one in half a million would ever become uh, an Olympian at all. An Olympian, just to compete at that stage. Not necessarily taking any medal back, but just to be an Olympian. That's crazy. So let's think about the fact that all of these athletes have prepared. They had to get to this level by doing a certain number of things. Now, we can pretend or imagine that uh, an athlete can only get to that level by, let's say, just speaking on, on the track meet, it can get to that level by racing the next strongest person. I know some of you guys have watched movies or uh, cartoons or whatever else where the person may train, but we never see that part. We only see them battling the next strongest foe, running against the, the next fastest person. And that's how they get fast, either because they already have the natural ability or because um, the the competition is what gets them to that next level. But in reality, each one of these athletes, they go through a process of ebb and flows where they, of course, they race, but they do that to gauge how fast am I now? What are the things I need to work on? What's something that I slipped on that I know I didn't do the best on? What am I doing well? Okay, I know that to move forward, I need to do these things. But it's not just that. There's also the ownership and say, I've failed to do this. And this is by my own doing. There's something that I have not done. I knew I need to do that's holding me back. Or I knew this plan was in place and I, I stepped away from that. This is going to set me back. There's things that are happening that uh, that I've done that, are going to set me back or not allow me to reach the potential that I could have otherwise reached. There's an understanding that the things that you've done, that you've done, not someone else has done to you, not the, the track or the weather or the other runner, or, it's something that you have done or not done that's going to hold you back. In fact, you understand that the consequences are already rolled into that initial action. It's not something where you have to accept the consequences, but no matter what, that's there. These athletes got to that point by understanding those things and working to improve themselves by reflecting on those things and working to overcome those things. Without that, what's the chances of someone just racing the next fastest person and getting to the Olympics? It requires work. To grow, to get to that point, it requires work. So let's talk about accountability. The definition of accountability uh, is, to, is to be accountable. But when I dig into it, I, I really break accountability into two parts, two distinct parts. Acceptance of the responsibility. So that's taking ownership. And I use the word responsibility, and I'm, I'm trying to be very uh, direct with this. Responsibility is not accountability. Responsibility is taking ownership for something. And we use it interchangeably a lot of times. But if you think about responsibility, it doesn't tie into the next parts I'll be talking about. It's an important part of accountability, being responsible for something. 
but it's not necessarily all of accountability. So taking ownership of something. Yes, I accept this uh, car as my own. Yes, I accept this uh, dog as my own. Yes, I will take this position. I'm accepting responsibility of this. I'm taking, I'm accepting ownership. Now, the second part gets a little tricky. It's accepting the consequences or charges that may come from my actions when I have ownership or responsibility over something. So it's almost, it's a two-part thing. It's owning it and then accepting whatever comes with that. I'm going to clarify. You, you can't have accountability without both taking responsibility and also accepting what are the consequences or charges come from uh, having that. And that could be the failure to do something with what you own or because you did something with what you own, here are the consequences, but you're able to accept those things. All right, let's move forward. It is not possible to do one without the other. So let's consider this. If you take responsibility or ownership but aren't willing to receive the consequences tied to any action, then that's not accountability. So let's think about in this past year, I'm going to throw a political thing out there, police reform. And you've heard this thrown up and down uh, every which way. But think about the idea of someone can get to the point where they have accepted that something has happened but aren't willing to accept the consequence of them doing something. If someone is um, hurt by my hands and it was my job to protect them, it was my job to, to do otherwise. It wasn't my job to hurt this person, but they got hurt by my hands. But I can turn away from that. I can say maybe, yeah, I did that. And I may have whatever excuse I did that because of this or whatever else, but I don't accept the response, the, the consequence that comes from that. That's not accountability. Yes, it's my fault, but guess what? I, I, I'm, I should be able to get off scot-free. There's an issue with that. There's no accountability there. There may be responsibility, but there's no accountability. On the flip side, if you don't, own it, but you accept the consequence for it, that's not accountability either. Now, that may be a gesture of love or protection. Um, and when I think about that, I think about Jesus dying on a cross for us. That's not something he deserved or something he had to do. But ultimately, that's not accountability. So I just want to mention before I move forward, um, consider that accountability could also be for positive things. It's taking ownership and accepting the consequences or charges of action. So it may not be consequences for something positive, maybe it's something nice, a prize or an award based off of what you did. But this message is not about patting yourself on the back. I'm sure it's real easy to accept the positive things. So I'm, I'm overlooking those things. That's why I mentioned it. But accountability is those two parts. It takes a certain amount of maturity 
to take responsibility for something, for anything. And I'll give extra wisdom points for, for those who, who have lived, and you know that taking responsibility can also include, or should also include, counting up the costs, uh, praying about it, and understanding that the responsibility is a gift. And so this applies to any type of responsibility, whether it's a, a physical thing, whether it's a position, uh, what have you. It's multiple parts to taking that responsibility. It's usually not something that happens after the fact. Like, oh, well, you know what? That That is something that I own. It is something that I own, but I, I just now thought about it after I've done what I've done. This is something that typically happens beforehand. You've already taken the responsibility for something. You've already prayed about it, counted up the cost, and you understand it as a gift. But it takes a further amount of maturity to accept the toll of things not working out right. The, the consequence or charge that is either a part of the ownership itself or uh, maybe just a, a cause or, or, or a repercussion of you dropping the ball. Right? So sometimes things come along with the ownership of something. And sometimes we cannot accept the consequences or the charges that are tied to that. I, I like this new car, but it can't afford the monthly payments. Now, that's a, that's a thought that should pop in your head before you accept that responsibility, right? Before you accept the responsibility, you're counting up the cost. You understand that by getting this new car, I'm going to have to pay this monthly payment. I might be able to afford it for the first three months. I know that. And I know that after that, I'm going to fall short. You probably shouldn't get that. You probably shouldn't accept that responsibility. It could definitely be a blessing, but you already know that that's not something you can handle. All of it. You can't handle all of it that, that comes with it. I want a dog, but I can't. I, I can't see myself walking that dog or feeding that dog on a regular basis. That's a two times, two days a week dog for me. Well, you, you probably don't need that dog. Because that dog's going to need to do some other things besides the times when you want to take care of it or you need to take care of it. That's That means you're not able to really, or you shouldn't take responsibility for that dog. Prior to you allowing uh, yourself to only feed it or walk it two times, two times a week. Before then, you should probably be like, I don't want that. I want the job, but most likely, I can't handle that workload. I can't handle the pressure. Okay, if you understand that, it's understanding that you probably shouldn't accept the responsibility. But in many cases, people go through these thoughts and they still take on that responsibility. They see it as a blessing and only the positive parts of it, the benefits of it. But they don't consider the burden or the consequences of dropping the ball. Accepting responsibility is that first part. Accepting what comes along with that or the consequence of you dropping the ball is the other part. So I want to be very clear. I want to talk about self-accountability, but I also want to talk about self-criticism. So criticism is the expression of disapproval, disapproval of someone or something based on perceived faults or mistakes. So pretty much it's the tongue lashing associated with doing something wrong. Now, 
remember, I'm, I'm only talking about self-criticism right now. Um, we only have so much time to talk about this stuff, so I want to make sure we, we keep it uh, isolated to that because there's so much to talk about when it talks about other people, but we're talking about self-criticism here. And there is, for some of us, a certain amount of, uh, I'll say, pressure we put on ourselves. And even further, a certain amount of uh, disappointment that we show to ourselves when we drop the ball. For some of us, criticism of ourselves uh, outweighs or far outweighs the criticism of others. Think about it. Think about, for those of you who feel like you're in that boat, how much more you put on yourself when you drop the ball. How much more do you talk about yourself when you drop the ball? Now, when we talk about introspection, when we talk about the need to look inward for accountability, criticism may be a part of it, but it's not necessarily a part of the accountability. It's not necessarily a part of accountability, and I'll talk about it in a second. On the flip side, just to kind of throw this in there, when things are positive, this can also look like the boosting that comes with that as well. So the criticism on a part when we're not happy about what's been done, and maybe the boosting on the positive side. If you think about it that way, it's easy to understand. If you do something good, you may get awarded. But the boosting that comes with that is, is extra. And that may help you. That may be something that is good for you. But this is not part of accountability. That criticism is not part of it. April said something to me. My wife, April, said something to me uh, the other day. And we, I can't remember what the exact conversation was. Uh, and if I did, I wouldn't want to put that out there. But it it's something I might have heard before. But that day in particular, it was it was profound to me. I thought about it. She said she wanted to give herself grace. And I remember the context in which she used it. And um, my thoughts kind of went to a bigger picture. And I thought about what that really meant. And after thinking on it, not just in her, her context, but after thinking on just that term, giving yourself grace. I don't think this was meaning letting yourself off the hook. Not holding yourself accountable. I'm not saying that. I don't think that's what it means. I think that this means not leaning into yourself, not tearing yourself apart, tearing yourself down when you do something wrong. I think this refers to the criticism piece that a lot of times we do when we start to look at ourselves after we do something. There's something important about understanding our shortcomings and working to be positive on how you account for that fault and move forward. It's how we look at ourselves and move forward that's important. So this is powerful if you, if you think about it. We talked about accountability and owning something and accepting the consequences. But now we're talking about getting to the point where you understand where even looking at yourself, you have to give yourself grace. So I know we've talked about giving grace to others. Um, I know we've talked about the good grace of God. 
But it's important to give ourselves grace. During introspection, we, we, we beat ourselves up over something. There's a point where we are, are not allowing ourselves to move forward. So yes, criticism may be a part of that process. And sometimes some, some of us need to give ourselves a little more tongue lashing than others uh, than other times or for other people. But we have to give ourselves grace. That criticism can't get in the way of our ascent upward. We have to give ourselves grace. So understanding the grace that we have to give ourselves, let's talk about something greater. Let's talk about the, the grace that God gives us in spite of ourselves, in, in spite of our flesh. He loves us. He continues to hold us and, and cover us even though we're sinners. Now, I'm taking this roundabout because I want to make it very clear that that grace does not give us a pass on our consequences. God's grace does not give us a pass on our consequences. Because we have grace doesn't mean that now we don't have to answer for, for this or that. It doesn't mean now that, okay, because I have grace, it's okay that I didn't feed the dog. No, there's consequences to that. There's things that, that happen because of what we've done. There's a cause and effect that, that occurs. And whether that's something that has to be uh, uh, put into place, like a punishment, or if it's something that's natural, like as a be not feeding a dog, the dog dies, that's important to note that that's a consequence. The grace is, uh, in spite of who we are, the love that's positive to us, the, 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 I'll keep it at that, the love that's, that's given to us. Now, when we think about mercy and understanding that we have a merciful God, that's something different. Now, mercy is the compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone who, let me read the definition exactly, so I don't have to break it down first. Compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. If you think about that, God has all the power <laughs> to, to punish uh, us for, for whatever we've done. It's the compassion and forgiveness that's shown by him that, that leads to that mercy. He withholds some of those dire consequences, even though we deserve it. And, and, and though we're sinners through and through, he's promised us everlasting life. In spite of us being sinners, he's promised us everlasting life. As Christians, as believers, and believers in Jesus' sacrifice. Now, we've talked about holding ourselves accountable. We've talked about in spite of what we've done, there's God's grace and mercy. And, and this wouldn't be complete without also speaking about repentance. We need repentance. So repentance is, is the part where it's looking at the situation and understanding that we've done something wrong. We've done something pretty messed up. And it's, it's, it's more than just uh, feeling bad about it. It's more than just 
um, taking ownership for it. It's it's the it's adding to saying that you'll change or you'll do better next time. It's progression. So, First John one and nine, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. When we repent, it's more than just regret or remorse for what we've done. It's a, a promise to effort the change. It's a promise to work on doing better next time. So ultimately, accountability this is talking about stuff we need to do when we look inwards. Accountability with repentance allows us to course correct and grow. If not for our, our time here on earth, we need to think about past our time here on earth when we're no longer part of this earth. Romans 14, 10 through 12. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, Every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Hmm. So in that scripture, it talks about us accounting and being held accountable by God. This message is to remind you that we need to be doing this for ourselves before it gets to that day. I wouldn't want to be there and not having accepted the fact that I'm responsible for something or not having accepted the fact that I there's something that needs to happen as a consequence of charge for me dropping the ball. And then at that point, looking at God and trying to answer for that. I, I, I will feel much better trying to do that now and trying to course correct um, along the way so I can grow. In closing, in order to grow, we have to hold ourselves accountable. We have to account for our own, account for the things that we've done. This requires acceptance of responsibility, taking ownership of, of uh, wh whatever it is, whether it's a role or a thing or whatever else. It's taking that ownership, taking that responsibility. And the second part is accepting the consequences or the or the charges that come with it, or from us dropping the ball. I I accept what will come of my actions. For good or for bad, I accept what will come from it. Now, if you're able to see this responsibility as a blessing, if you're able to understand it as a blessing for the things that are, are, are easier or tougher. In order to accept that as a blessing, it requires accepting all that comes with it, the benefit and the burden. In order to accept the blessing, it requires accepting the benefit and the burden. Further, we have to know 
what our actions or, or lack thereof can cause and accept the consequence. We have to know when to limit our self-criticism and work on building ourselves up, work on progression rather than tearing down. And as we approach grace, we need to recognize what he is for us and recognize that he's extended us mercy through Jesus' sacrifice. So that's your grace and your mercy. With accountability and with repentance, we can grow. So for Christians, if the ultimate goal is to, to grow as much as possible, improve to better ourselves, we need to hold ourselves accountable and we need to repent. And, and like I said, if it's not for while we're here, because there's so much to be gained from growing here, for holding ourselves accountable here, consider in the afterlife. When we're no longer part of earth, it's important then. Romans 2, 6-8, God will repay each person according to what they have done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there'll be wrath and anger. We can't ignore all the parts that come with the things that we, we take on. We can't ignore that consequences exist. We can't ignore the fact that when we do something, it's important for us to own it. We can only get there by, by holding ourselves accountable. But the rest is God's grace and mercy. Thank you, Lord.